0: This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. To support The Quest and being able to produce more local programming, please visit thequestatlanta.com and click the donate button. Thank you for your generosity.
1: Good Afternoon, everyone. You're listening to Heaven's Light on your Atlanta Catholic radio station, AM 1160, The Quest. I'm Steph Ike, and I'm joined in the studio today by Carol Tier and Phil Johnson, and Rachel Miller is producing the show for us. And on the phone, we have one of our favorite guys, Father Jim Blunt with us from the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity. And this hour, we are going to be talking about St. Joseph and also about Eucharistic Adoration. And this is something that uh, Father's been looking forward to discussing with all of you today. So um, if you have friends who are adorers, who might want to, you might want to text them right now, let them know that uh, this is going to be a great show. So welcome, Father Jim. We're so happy to have you with us today.
2: Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, team. God bless you. And God bless the church.
1: You know, Father, what we always say at the beginning of every hour, all good things start in prayer. So would you mind leading us in an opening prayer today?
2: Sure. Uh, first, what I'd like to do is pray a little prayer to St. Joseph, because it's the prayer that Pope Francis actually prayed on December the 8th when he inaugurated this beautiful Holy Year to St. Joseph. It's a small prayer, but it is very meaningful. So let's begin first with this prayer to Holy Joseph. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
1: Amen. 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 Hail, guardian of the Redeemer, spouse
2: of the Blessed Virgin, Mary. To you, God entrusted his only son. In you, Mary placed her trust. With you, Christ became man. Blessed Joseph, to us too, show yourself a father and guide us in the path of life. Obtain for us grace, mercy, and courage, and defend us from every evil. Amen. 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 And now, beloved, just to pray a little bit more, I would like to pray for us part of Psalm 85. It's actually titled, Our Salvation is Near. And so in these times of, you know, you might say panic and sickness and stress, it's a very good reminder. God's Word is always alive. It's always relevant. It has various meanings, and it pops up with new meanings and new power for every generation. So here is Psalm 85 from today's morning prayer. O Lord, you once favored your land and revived the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the guilt of your people and covered all their sins. You averted all your rage. You calmed the heat of your anger. Revive us now, God our Helper. Put an end to your grievance against us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will your anger never cease? Will you not restore again our life that your people may rejoice in you? Let us see, O Lord, your mercy and give us your saving hell. I will hear what the Lord God has to say, a voice that speaks of peace. Peace for his people and his friends, and those who turn to him in their hearts. His help is near for those who fear him, and his glory will dwell in our land. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we love you, Lord. Amen.
1: Oh, that was wonderful. Thank you, Father. And Lord, You're give welcome. us your saving A help. Good reminder. Yes, yes. So, you know, Father, we're right in the middle of the Lenten season right now. Do you have any thoughts today on how we could all make this a good Lent? Well, I know that
2: everyone, staff and team, everyone has their own special devotions. And that's good. And it's okay and, and very good to go to your spiritual director or your confessor. For specific, you might say, ideas or guidelines of your own Lent. But as I pray about um, this question, this Lenten season, I'll share with you all, you know, very honestly what has come to me in prayer. And it's a word that perhaps some will not welcome too joyfully. But the word that I've received as I pray for your audience today and for all of us in this Lenten season is the word fasting. That I believe that we Catholics, God's beautiful children, that we have to make a way, open a way for fasting in our lives, especially this Lent, of all Lents, especially this Lent. And I know it's not easy, but you know what? If you ask Mother Mary and St. Joseph, if we ask them, they will give us the grace. They will even make fasting attractive to us, believe it or not. will make it attractive to us so that you and I long or hunger for fasting. But that's what I was receiving for God's beautiful people today. Make a path for fasting. What should we do? Well, the smallest thing is maybe skip one meal every Friday during Lent and just have bread and water. That's the easiest and shortest thing to do. If that's all you can do, great, then do that. Even teenagers can do that. Just skip one meal every Friday if you're a little stronger then every Friday skip two or three meals and just have bread and water three times a day you can also have if you need for health coffee or juice you can have that too if you need it but bread and water maybe may be two or three meals on Friday for those who are even stronger and I hate to say it but let me put it out there for those who love God even more then maybe fast two days every week during Lent. Wednesday and Friday are very traditional. So that was the word I was, re- was receiving. Let's not underestimate or undervalue the practice of holy fasting. Even our Lord and Savior, who was God and man, divine, even Jesus fasted. Forty days, right? That's where we get Lent from, his 40 days of fasting. And he fasted, by the way, throughout his life. And so I would ask everyone to consider that. And what I want to do right now is I want to pray a Hail Mary with you, team. I'll say the first half, if you would answer, that Our Lady would give to each one listening an inspiration. She would give us an inspiration and the ability to fast at least a little bit for the salvation of souls. And so a Hail Mary that Mama Mary would give us her grace and her son's gift of fasting. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
1: Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother Mother of God, pray pray for for us us sinners. sinners. Spread spread the effect effect of of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity, humanity, now and at the the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Lord, help us to fast, and help us to fast with joy. And win many souls for your kingdom. Amen. Amen. That was a great idea. And uh, some of us actually are doing some fasting from time to time at the station. And it's kind of a joke when... Someone's a little cranky where no one talks about it, but we say, <laughs> I, <laughs> I wonder if they're fasting today. <laughs> but, if you're uh, really cranky, then
2: you can cut your fasting in half. It's better to, to do half a fast with a smile than a full fast with a grouchy face.
1: Right, right. Yeah, that's good advice. That's good advice. And you know, Father, I thought about something else just now. We usually ask you at the beginning of an hour if it's a special feast day or kind of recognize if it's a special feast day. And I'm wondering if you know today, is is there a feast day today that we should know about? Yes, Stephanie and team, that
2: we do have during Lent what we call optional memorials. So it's up to the the pastor at Mass and the liturgy to choose to use these particular prayers or not. But today is the optional memorial, sometimes called a commemoration, of St. Francis of Rome. That's Francis spelled with an E, so it's F R A N C E S. Mm-hmm. So it's a woman, a woman saint. I'm sure Saint Francis is easy, but the feminine version uses the E, and she was very much like Saint Francis in that she had a tremendous heart for the poor. And boy, what beautiful a Lenten saint! And because part of our, you see, part of our fasting, part of our preparation during Lent. Is prayer, fasting, but also almsgiving. And all of the saints greatly valued almsgiving. And so, again, we don't want to forget that or underrate that as well. If you just have an extra dollar in your pocket and you give it to the poor or put it in the poor box, God sees that. And he looks upon it with great mercy with great joy so saint francis of rome was a woman of great charity unbelievably beautiful she had such love by the way she was born and raised right there in rome in italy and anyone who had troubles or arguments or feuds they would come to her and they say that usually within one or two words they would calm that down She could call every young man and solve every feud and battle because she was so radiant with love. But one of the things that she's known for is that in Rome, there were many plagues and diseases and pandemics occurring during her life. It says they were rampant in Rome, diseases and plagues. And what I found so edifying about St. Francis, Francis with an E, this holy woman, It says that she ignored the risk of contagion. She ignored the risk and displayed her deepest kindness toward the poor and the needy during the pandemics. She was not afraid of getting sick. She was not afraid of dying. What an example she is to all of us, eh? To all of us, priests and laity. She was not afraid of the contagion. She didn't let her stop for even one iota. She would continue to serve the poor, even as was a pandemic raging. And, of course, she survived. So she's a good one for us to pray to today, not only for her, her Lenten example of giving to the poor and serving the poor. For instance, if you go to a restaurant, even like a fast food restaurant, it's always good to have this in mind. It's good to tell the Lord, Lord, if there's somebody here who's hungry, Give me the honor of feeding them. In other words, don't hide from the poor. But when you go to McDonald's or to Dairy Queen, wherever you go, even a nicer restaurant, have extra money in your wallet. If there's somebody sitting outside on the sidewalk who's hungry, go up to, go up to them and say, are you hungry? Can I get you a hamburger? Can I get you a cup of coffee? In other words, be ready to serve, ready to love the poor. This really is the mark of a future saint that we are ready to help those who are in need. We don't want to be stingy. We want to be generous. And so St. Francis of Rome, bless all the Catholics of Atlanta. Help us to love the poor and be ready to serve them at the drop of a hat and consider it an honor. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. What great advice that was, Father. And it's really timely, isn't it, that St. Francis of Rome happens to have her feast day today during all the things that are going on. So that was really good to know about. I'm glad I asked you that one. And since we're kind of, yeah. And you know
2: what? I'm going to interrupt you, Stephanie, just again for another Hail Mary, because prayer obtains everything. We are taught by the saints, prayer obtains all. Let's pray a Hail Mary that all of us speaking and listening, that we will have a heart for the poor like Francis of of Rome, that each of us will have a heart for the poor and consider it an honor to serve or to feed someone hungry. So one Hail Mary for our charity for the poor. That's an important part of our Lenten season. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst all women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
1: Holy Holy Mary, Mother Mother of God, Pray Pray for for us, sinners. sinners. Spread Spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all all humanity, humanity. now Now and at at the the hour hour of our death. death. Amen.
2: Saint Francis of Rome,
1: pray Pray for us.
2: Saint Francis of Assisi,
1: pray Pray for for us.
2: Saint Claire, pray Pray for for us. Saint Mother Teresa,
1: Pray Pray for for us. us.
2: Lord, give us a heart for the poor because you, Lord, you hide in the distressing disguise of the poor, waiting for our love. Amen.
1: Amen. And since we're just talking about uh, charity, acts of charity and responding spontaneously in charitable ways and being open to God's little nudge us it just made me think of something that's going on in the news and and phil was telling me today that the pope has just left the middle east and i started thinking as you're talking do you have really any thoughts about his trip
2: yes i do thanks Steph. it's very important and i was so edified that in some of the communities where i was preaching over the last couple of weeks that people were aware and alert and offering prayers for the holy father i thought that was so beautiful And so in this time of great difficulty and a time of not complete unity right now in the church, it's good for all of us to love Pope Francis and to pray for him. We may not agree with every single thing he says or does, but we love him as a spiritual father. We pray for his protection. And I was so impressed, first of all, with his love for the Middle East, his love for the Muslims, that we know that Jesus is the only name given From heaven to earth, by which man can be saved, it's the name of Jesus. And Jesus died even for the Muslims, of course for the Muslims. He loves them just as much. And so it's beautiful to see the vicar of Christ reaching out his hand to the Muslims with love. We can't really bring anyone to the gospel if we don't love them first, you see. We don't just Mm -hmm. tolerate the Muslims. We love the Muslims. God made them. Jesus died for them, and the Holy Spirit is waiting to bring them to the fullness of the joy of the gospel. And by the way, his namesake, Pope Francis' namesake, St. Francis of Assisi, also reached out to the beloved Muslims. He did his best to meet with the Muslims to begin bringing them to Jesus Christ. And he was such a man of, of love and courage, St. Francis, that the Muslims deeply respected him. And so we see Pope Francis almost fulfilling, you might say, the prophetic mission of St. Francis of Assisi. And so we want to thank God for our Muslim brothers and sisters. There's a plan. There's a reason for everything. And God will, as prophesied Bishop Fulton J. Sheen, Venerable Bishop Sheen, prophesied that our Muslim brothers and sisters would all embrace the Catholic faith through Our Lady. That time is coming. But it has to be preceded by at least two things love and prayer we reach people through love and through holy prayer the second thought that i had about good pope francis is this that you know his life was threatened he was threatened before going over to the middle east several times We received death threats from the isis group and what i see then in pope francis we have to emulate this and respect this pope francis has courage That wasn't easy. He could easily have been assassinated, very easily. He went there, I'm sure, trusting completely in Our Lady, the Virgin Mary, and trusting the trip and his life to her. He went out anyway with love to our Muslim friends, knowing his life was at great risk. And so um, I applaud that. That's a manly virtue, the virtue of courage. It's something we all need more of right now. And so we thank God for Pope Francis. We pray for him. I understand he flew back today to Rome. So he, he went through this safely. God protected him. But it's a good thought to keep in mind about our Holy Father. He is a man of love and a man of courage. And those two go together. Because St. John did say in sacred scripture, it is precisely perfect love that cast out all fear. When we have great love, fear disappears. And so we see that in Pope Francis, and you know what, team, we'll pray one more Hail Mary just for our Holy Father, that we would love him more, we would pray for him, and that God would continue to protect him and to guide him, okay? One Hail Mary for the Holy Father. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst all women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
1: Holy Mary, Mother of God.
3: Pray for us sinners,
1: spread, spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity, now and in the, of the hour, hour of our death. death. Amen. 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 Amen.
2: Thank God we're Catholic.
1: That's right. Thank
3: you, Father. That was beautiful, what you shared about our Holy Father. Yeah, that, that the fact that he that he went to the very place that I think they were threatening to, to assassinate him. So that is great courage. So
2: thanks.
3: Yeah. At at this point, Father, I think we want to transition. Um, You know, the feast of St. Joseph is coming up and I think um, people really are appreciating the power and the importance of St. Joseph now as the father of the universal church. You know, he was someone that actually raised God as a man destined to change the world. And well, he uh, was so blessed, he had to be really remarkable and blessed by God's in so many hundreds of ways. And um, I just thought maybe if you could share um, some about good St. Joseph.
2: Yes, um, I tell you what, there's a man of courage too. But what we notice about Joseph, he's always called, you know, the silent saint, the saint of silence. And there's something to that, especially in our time. In particular, we see this, and many of the saints have commented on this, is that Joseph is a man of, of action, of deep prayer, and fast action. In other words, our deeds are actually more important than our words. Our words are important, yes. It should be filled with love and wisdom, but it's our deeds, really, that win hearts over. That's what shows people that we really are followers of Jesus not just what we say uh, but what we do um i'll give a little example of from here my own ministry here in covington we had i was counseling a few good men over the weekend and um i remember speaking to one man he just he's had a really rough time in his life getting things straight and oh, he was afraid to sit with me i think his wife forced him to come see me i think he was afraid of me as a priest and he hasn't really been um, perhaps a great churchgoer. Nevertheless, I just accepted him as a brother. And I could see the good in him, even though he maybe has done some naughty things. I could see goodness in him. And I had to tell him. I say, I think you have a good heart. I don't think you're an evil man. I think you have a good heart, I told him. And I knew that his heart was melting as I said that to him. And I wanted to win his heart for Jesus. I wanted to win his heart for the Lord. And you see, it takes more than words. And so sitting on my my counseling desk there, I have a beautiful statue of Our Lady of Guadalupe made out of sort of a brass, a metal material. It's absolutely stunningly beautiful. It's ravishing, about two feet tall, Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I knew that this gentleman would love this statue. I somehow knew that. He came from a Mexican-American background and our beloved brothers and sisters from south of the border, they love Our Lady of Guadalupe tremendously. And I felt a nudge from the Holy Spirit, give him your statue. It is a beautiful statue. It's a valuable statue. And a good friend went to a lot of trouble to get it to me. But I felt the Spirit nudging me, give it to him. And so I said, you know what? You love Mary, don't you? See, sí, by I want to give you a special gift. So she will always be in your house, and she's going to help you with everything you need. She's going to bring you into the fullness of grace. Can I give you a special gift? See, sí, Padre. And I picked this amazing statue and put it in his arms. And he hugged the statue. This strong man hugged the statue. I thought he was going to cry. It was so touching, and so moving, and so beautiful. And that's something, you see, St. Joseph would have done, that we we show our Christianity more by our deeds than by our words. It's one of the great lessons of St. Joseph today. In our time, Pope John Paul, St. John Paul said this, that we are being deluged with words, too many words, he says, that the world is being flooded with too many words. And he says we even have the situation where there's something devilish going on, the anti-word, like words of lies, of untruth, too many words. What we need really is more love, more action. And so St. Joseph, in this time of too many words, what does God do? He raises up the most quiet, the quietest of all the saints, the most silent of all the saints, raises them up and says, now stop talking and start living. Do it. Don't just say it. Do it. Serve your brothers and sisters in love. This is a great lesson that St. Joseph and God has for us today through St. Joseph. Our salvation is not found so much in words. We do have to hear them, words of truth. But we have to live them. Our salvation is found in living the Word of God. Amen?
1: Amen? Amen.
2: This, I think, is a great gift to St. Joseph, the silent saint. And I think that's the main word. But I will share with you one more. We don't need to go into great detail right now, but everyone knows this one, I think. Why the good and beautiful God, the most holy trinity, is raising up his virginal father, St. Joseph. You know why that is. Because fatherhood and masculinity has been attacked and ripped to shreds in our country especially on the television, the media, the movies, the commercials, we have ripped masculinity and fatherhood to shreds. Because the devil hates God the Father, Satan absolutely hates the Father and hates anyone who reminds him of the Father. That means he hates every priest and every daddy. He hates all fatherhood. He wants to destroy the image of God the Father from the face of the earth. He was to destroy all authority figures from the earth so that he himself can step in. He's a father, too. He's the anti-father. He's the father of lies. And so in our time, when manhood and fatherhood is all but destroyed, what does that beautiful, genius God do? He raises up the man of man, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ to restore manhood and fatherhood in our time. Fatherhood is not evil. Fatherhood is not bad. Would you give me a break? Everything comes from the father and everything will return to the father. And Jesus came to win me for his father. The devil has done a masterful job of destroying fatherhood and making us hate fatherhood when in fact, all of life originates from the father. And we all will return to the father of love and joy. And the only reason the father hides himself, so to speak, is because he is so beautiful and so good and so loving. If you and I were to see the father face to face, we would die of joy. We could not bear it. We would die of joy. That's how beautiful the father is. And every man who follows him, like Joseph, becomes beautiful like God. This is why, too, our holy God is raising up Joseph, his virginal father, in our time to give men the reprieve and to restore manhood and fatherhood in our broken age. Amen?
1: Amen. 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 And we're going to have our father right back with us in a few minutes, folks. We've got to take a quick break, but we'll be back. Stay tuned.
2: In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award-winning VerSprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see VerSprite.com. That's V-E-R-Sprite.com. The Quest thanks VerSprite for their support.
4: Hi, this is Major General Retired Tom Wessels with the Order of Malta here in Atlanta and President of the Malteser International Americas. We're proud to be listening to Atlanta Catholic Radio, AM 1162. The Quest.
2: The Quest presents Lesser Known Saints with Ken and Chuck. Born in the Feast of the Epiphany, St. Gertrude was a Benedictine nun in to Saxony. She was one of the great mystics of the 13th century. Together with her friend and teacher, St. Mechthild, she practiced a spirituality called nuptial mysticism, essentially viewing herself as the very bride of Christ. Her spiritual life was rooted in a deeply personal union with Jesus and his sacred heart, leading her into the very life of the Holy
4: Trinity. The Lord dictated the prayer for the holy souls to St. Gertrude in a vision, promising to release a thousand souls from purgatory each and every time it is said. She is the patron saint of gardeners, travelers, widows, the recently deceased, and the mentally ill. The West Indies also claim her as their patron saint. St. Gertrude was canonized in 1677 by Pope Clement XIII. Her feast day is November 16th. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com.
0: It's here. AM 1160 The Quest, your metro-wide Atlantic Catholic radio station, is proud to announce our spring pledge drive, Seek His Kingdom. We will be live to journey together with you, share great local content, and take your calls in support of AM 1160 The Quest. Tune in Tuesday, March 16th through Thursday, March 18th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Our lineup includes national speaker Father Donald Calloway, incredible Anglican converts to the Catholic faith, some of our most beloved local priests, as well as stories from passionate local Catholic laity. Check out the schedule and interview lineup on our website, thequestatlanta.com. Pledging has already begun. Just click the link on our website to pledge a donation or call 470-508-1160. Help The Quest build up his kingdom by calling 470-508-1160. If you're listening, you know you're enjoying. So be part of this important mission today.
2: Hey, you. Yes, you. Have you heard the good news? The Quest Atlanta app makes it easy for you to take AM 1160 The Quest with you, no matter the time of the day or the location. Listen to your favorite shows on demand. Submit prayer requests, report a testimonial, and catch up on the latest headlines from Catholic news sources with ease. Just search for the Quest Atlanta in the App Store or on Google Play to download today.
1: back if you are just joining us we are broadcasting live from am 1160 the quest studio this hour i'm steph Ike, and i'm joined in the studio today by carol tearsmith phil johnson and rachel miller and joining us on the phone is our father jim blunt and we are talking about eucharistic adoration and saint joseph in this half hour welcome back everyone
4: so father jim uh, we know You've been wanting to yes, so. you've been wanting to share with our listeners, and you've talked about this saint before, some of the writings of Saint Peter, Julian, Amard, and his meditations, particularly on the Eucharist. He has so many thought provoking teachings in his writings. Can you just tell us about Saint Peter Julian Amard? And since he has a whole volume dedicated to Saint Joseph, in fact I think it's called the Month of Saint Joseph, can you talk about the significance of that?
2: Yes, um, he is, Phil, he's, he's called by the church the Apostle of the Holy Eucharist. And one of the great stories I remember from his life was that his mother, um, she would bring him to, to daily Mass, and, and one day after Mass, she lost track of him for a few minutes, and she was looking for him. He was just a little tiny boy, and she found him. Guess where she found him? He climbed up on the back altar, Climbed up on the altar and was kneeling on the altar with his little face peering into the tabernacle, peering at the tabernacle door. He was mm. looking for Jesus. He knew that God was there in the tabernacle. He was like maybe five years old. He crawled up on top of the little altar in the back where the where the tabernacle was, and was there just adoring the Lord in the tabernacle. A little tiny guy. <laughs> beautiful example and it shows you how god put certain marks in your life and in my life certain marks when we're little that if we are attentive if we are attentive to the movements of the holy spirit to his little signs uh, we can see where god has preordained us for certain holy works this good man was preordained to be a man of the eucharist and you know he founded two religious communities in the holy catholic church one of men and one of women and they're still going strong today the men's group is called the congregation of the blessed sacrament and he also founded for the ladies servants of the blessed sacrament for the holy women so he founded two religious communities to promote devotion to the blessed sacrament goodness gracious we could use him again today couldn't we
1: that's right absolutely
2: really to to restore in fact you know the virgin told us at fatima She said that when her victory comes, and listen, audience, hang in there, Mary's victory is coming without fault and without fail. Your rosary, our rosaries are the way to victory. Every rosary we pray, we bring the church a step closer to the stunning, incomprehensible, totally world-encompassing victory that's coming, where Mama will win the world, the entire human race for Jesus when this chastisement is over. And Mama said it would be the reign of the Eucharistic heart of Jesus. In other words, every man, woman, teenager, and child in the world will know and will confess that Jesus Christ is true God and true man. And that he is present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the tabernacle, in the mass. Everyone will know it. Everyone will believe it. Everyone will rejoice in this reality. And so St. Peter Julian Eymard is truly a saint for our times. To put him in a little bit of a context, he was a friend of St. John Vianney. So it's good to know that they both were Frenchmen and they knew each other. Isn't that beautiful how God arranges this for future saints to meet future saints? Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? They sort of edify one another. Maybe they never would have become a saint if they had not met each other. And so God puts future saints, you know, in the path of other future saints. So they edify one another and help each other to become the saints they were meant to be. And so this beautiful saint, Peter Junemard was truly a saint and a saint maker. It was really through his influence that St. Pope the X decided to lower the age of Holy Communion for children and to promote daily Eucharist. It was actually through the influence of St. Peter Julian Amard that St. Pope Pius X uh, backed his idea of frequent Holy Communion. That was a great theme of Pope Pius X. He really, uh, he got that, you might say, from St. Peter Julian Amard. And by the way, a more recent pope also decreed Pope Paul VI, St. Pope Paul VI. I'm just going to quote Pope Paul VI just for a moment but he wrote this in an official document talking about Peter Julian A. so everyone knows how current he really is. Pope Paul VI, Saint Pope Paul, said this, Font and fullness of all evangelization and striking expression of the infinite love of our divine Redeemer for mankind, the Holy Eucharist, clearly marked the life and pastoral activity of Peter Julian Amar. He truly deserves to be called an outstanding apostle of the Eucharist. In fact, his mission in the church consisted in promoting the centrality of the Eucharistic mystery and the whole life of the Christian community. Hmm. And I want to share with you one more quote of St. Peter himself. It's very important because it, it echoes, really, Pope Francis today. Because once, uh, St. Peter Julian Mar, just a little line, but he's quoted as saying to Marguerite Gillot, that was the woman, the holy woman he used to found the servants of the Blessed Sacrament, a contemplative congregation of Eucharistic adorers. But he's quoted as saying to her one day, listen to this, you take communion... To become holy, not because you already are. Mm -hmm. That's very important. You take communion to become holy, not because you already are. Mm -hmm. And so we do need to go to confession, true, which our hearts need to be as clean as possible to receive the Lord. But we need to remember it's it's a one-two combination, holy confession and holy communion. And you might say holy communion that's for the weak it's for the sick it's for those of us who want to become saints every saint who's canonized you can see that great quality in them of a tremendous love and unity with jesus in the blessed sacrament so saint peter junei martin knew this that we, we can't be depriving people of the sacraments and holy communion quite the opposite we need to make the Lord in the Eucharist and confession readily available to anyone it's precisely through these two sacraments and of course Holy Eucharist is the greatest of the sacraments it's precisely here that we receive our mission and our sainthood from God indeed our salvation and so Peter Julian Martin knew this He was like stricken with a flame inside of him, a flame of love for the Eucharist, that we have to have the Eucharist. It really is the secret to all sanctity, so much so that Pope Benedict said that is God's secret plan to transform the world, he says, is the Holy Mass. The transformation that comes about in the Mass, in the Eucharist, is meant to be transferred to us. The Mass is God's secret plan
1: to save the universe. Amen. 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 Yeah, I was just thinking as you were talking about the little kids that get in line and, and walk up to receive communion. And it's so touching. And I think, oh, I just wish everyone could see this, you know, the gift we have in this Catholic faith and for our children to be able to receive. So thank you for, for putting that picture in our mind. And I was just thinking... Sure. You were just talking about uh, a quote from St. Peter Julian Amard, and I have one that I've written down because it—I read as I read it, it really stayed with me, and I'd like to share it with you. Okay. Um, and this is how he begins. Look at your hour of adoration as one would go to heaven, to the divine banquet. Long for it. Tell yourself, oh, in four more hours... In two more hours, in one hour, our Lord will give me an audience of grace and love. He has invited me. He is waiting for me. He is longing for me. That just moved me so much, and it really kind of set my perspective in a little bit different way in terms of the preparation for going to adoration. And it's important, isn't it, how we come to meet Jesus?
2: Yes, I mean, I think what we're saying here is this, team, that sometimes we look at going to adoration or even to Mass as a burden. We see it as a burden. Mm -hmm. And even worse, that many of our poor people, we think we're doing God a favor. We're doing God a big favor to go to Mass, to go to adoration. Well, indeed we are, because he's so beautiful. He'll accept, I know, our stingy love. He'll accept it. We are doing a favor, but it's kind of crazy. He's doing us the favor. He's making himself present, you might say, in a physical form because he knows we are lonely without him. And so he makes himself available to us. It's the greatest treasure in the universe. And that's why, by the way, the world must be transformed. He's given the greatest possible gift of, in the whole universe. In fact, of all the universes you could ever think of, nothing could be greater than this. This is God's idea. It's God's idea. It is the salvation of the world and of the universe, the Eucharist. And what have we done? We've neglected this, totally neglected it. We even have whole churches, let uh, say, of other denominations, that don't even know that he's present there. Some even talk against it. It's now time for all of that to come to an end. The world must wake up. This is called justice. In God's eternal justice, the world, the entire world must be shaken from our lethargy and from our sinfulness and realize there is a God. There is a church that his son founded with his blood and that there is a divine presence of God, body, blood, soul, and divinity in every tabernacle. It can't go on ignored any longer. It's actually sinful. And so it is now time for Jesus, through his mother's prayers and through St. Joseph, to wake up the entire world to this incredible heavenly reality. St. Teresa of Avila once said to her sisters, "She appeared to, after she died, she appeared to one of her nuns. And she told her nun not to be sad at all. She says, we here in heaven, she said to her, nun, have nothing over you. You, she said, in the mass, in the Eucharist, you have everything we have in heaven in front of you. You just can't see it with your eyes. That's the only thing that's lacking. You can't really see it, but you have it. All of heaven is in the Eucharist and you have it every day. We have nothing over you. You have heaven on earth. Amen? Amen. Amen. Wow, That's Teresa of Avila, right? Doctor of the church. Mm -hmm. So indeed, God has done us a favor. It's not so much we're doing him a favor, and we are, because we're loving our Papa. We are doing a favor, but it's a minuscule favor. He's given us everything. He even died for us to win for us the Eucharist. He's given us everything. And the most amazing fact of it all is this. He longs for you and me. He longs for us more than we long for him. He longs for us. This God is so beautiful. His love is so great. It's simply indescribable. I would say the challenge, and the word is this, get lost in his love. Lose yourself in the love of your divine redeemer. No one can measure his love or his greatness. It's beyond all words and all telling and all measurement. God is great and he loves you and all of the greatness of God is contained and that one little host in front of you, all the greatness of God. And so may we begin to long for God as he longs for us in the Eucharist and we ask Mary to give us her longing for God.
1: Mm, beautiful. beautiful. Wow.
4: <laughs> Thank you, Father. You mentioned... St. Amard's all-absorbing devotion to the Blessed Sacrament. And from his childhood, his mother would point to the tabernacle. And and in fact, you mentioned earlier how he would crawl up and take a peek um, and tell him, his mother would tell him, Jesus is there. So obviously his devotion to the Eucharist logically led to a strong devotion to St. Joseph. Um, So, you know, while most of us think of St. Joseph as the model husband, worker, the silent saint, as you mentioned, St. Amard saw him as the perfect adorer of Christ, only second to the Blessed Mother. Would you please, can you elaborate on those thoughts for us?
2: Yes, I think there's a, a, a holy link here with the silence of St. Joseph and his adoration. Uh, because it really, when we enter into perfect adoration, it's like a form of contemplation. Um, all words begin to fail us, and we begin to uh, almost receive a type of ecstasy before the Blessed Sacrament, where our hearts are almost drawn out of our chest like by a magnet to Him, and words are necessary. We need to praise the Lord with our words, but there is a praise that goes higher and deeper than words. And we see that in Holy Joseph. He really was the first adorer with Mother Mary. Because what did Mama do when the God-man was born, the most perfect, beautiful baby in the world, in her arms? She places him in the arms of Joseph. And what does Joseph do? He adores this beautiful baby. He adores this child in his arms. And you can bet he was lost in ecstasy. Because this is not just any baby. And every baby is beautiful. But this was the most beautiful baby who ever lived. And he radiated the divinity of God himself, this baby. And Joseph loved him. And remember this team in our beautiful audience. Adoration is a high form of love. There is no adoration without love. What is adoration? It's love to the 10th degree. It's love at a higher level. It's when your love explodes inside of you, your love for the divine, for your creator. So adoration is a form of love reserved for God alone. And we call that in theology, latria is the word for that in theology. Latria is the adoration that belongs to God alone. But listen, it's not simply like being afraid of God, the fear of the Lord is good, but something about that. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, not the end. It's the beginning of wisdom. It begins with fear, but it ends with adoration. It ends with consuming love. And Joseph was the first lover of God with Mother Mary of the God-man. And he was actually practicing Eucharistic adoration as he held the Christ child in his arms. And so, indeed, Joseph is really the example for us of prayer, of adoration, of perfect love, and of contemplation. He really is the first adorer with his with Our Lady, His spouse, the first adorer of the Eucharistic Jesus. And you know He's present at every adoration. Like John Paul said, Mother Mary is present at every Mass. She comes throughout the world. I want to add to that. Rather boldly and say this, Holy Joseph is present at every solemn adoration throughout the world. He flies down from heaven and worships Jesus. He's drawn like a magnet. When we go to adoration, we do well to ask Mary and Joseph to help us adore the Lord as deeply and joyfully and completely as possible.
3: Great, Father, that's gorgeous. We love hearing that. My next question really is sort of a, uh, a continuation maybe of Steph's question about preparing for adoration. You know, in St. Amard's writings, he talks about the importance and beauty of properly uh, preparing for the reception of Holy Communion. Could you give us some guidance on how to prepare for Holy Communion and maybe how St. Joseph could help us?
2: Yes. Well, first I would say this is, you know, it's, it's, it's an old tradition it's a safety tradition and we I think have sort of forgotten this the rosary it's very wise for priests and for laity it's very very wise to pray the rosary before mass because then we begin to see Jesus with Mary's eyes and to love Jesus in the holes with Mary's love we also forget that Mama Mary went to mass daily with Saint John the Evangelist. She went to Holy Mass daily and received Holy Communion, the body and blood, soul and divinity of her own son, who is also her Redeemer and her God. She received him daily with longing. And so I would say the first simplest thing that anybody can do, even a child, is pray the rosary before Mass. Because you you begin to embrace the Lord even during the Mass and at Holy Communion. With Mary's perfect love. That's the first thing I would recommend. Uh, second thing, I just want to recommend this because the church recommends this, and I, I can't put any of my words above the churches The church actually says this that every lay person should, before Mass, even the night before, readings for that day's Mass. I know we don't see this very much, but in our SALT community that I belong to, uh, we have something called liturgy prep where the priests and the nuns and the laity and the children uh, read the readings for that Sunday's Mass, usually the night before, to read the readings, to discuss them together. And you sleep on those. So when you go to Holy Mass the next day, and you hear the readings, it's not hitting you fresh. It's already inside of you. And now when you hear them, you hear them with more meaningfulness, with a deeper understanding And so this is an advice from Holy Mother Church, is that to read the sacred readings before Holy Mass, the night before or the morning before you go to Mass, is another excellent, one of the best ways to prepare for Mass. And what would St. Joseph remind us? Well, again, we almost never hear this anymore, but St. Joseph would tell you and I that we need to prepare in some way by fasting. So before we receive holy communion it's only required an hour before but that's that's still good purposely fast we need to do things intentionally so before we go to mass it's good to abstain from coca-cola you know coffee everything at least an hour if not more whatever you can handle but do some sort of sacrifice to prepare yourself for holy mass that's what Joseph would remind us of as well to fast or do something quiet but intentional. You don't need to tell everybody, but to do this, if we carve out a space in our appetite, we deny ourselves the appetite of the flesh so that our appetite for the spirit grows, because the Eucharist is a spiritual food. Joseph would remind you and I of that. Give up some little thing for Holy Communion, give up something. So your hunger is redirected towards God present in the Eucharist. That's what Joseph would say. In a word, he would say this, pray. Before you go to Mass, before you see to Holy Communion, just pray. Kneel down on your hard floor and pray to receive the Lord in the Eucharist with God's own love, with the love of Mary and Joseph. Receive him with their love with their intentionality. Just kneel down on the floor and just pray to receive the Lord Wow!
1: Wow, that's awesome. Oh, my gosh. This hour has flown by. Father, thank you so much. We're so grateful to have you on. Father Jim Blunt, everyone, from the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity. Friends out there, if you didn't catch the whole interview with Father Jim, it'll be available on the Quest Atlanta app. And online at thequestatlanta.com later today or tomorrow. And Father, to close out this hour, we'd like you to do something a little special for us. We always want your blessing, and so do all of our listeners. But uh, tomorrow is jack tyson's birthday and if you wouldn't mind doing a little blessing for him i'm hoping that in in the middle of a lot of his uh meetings and zoom calls and things like that he tends to have us in the background if he can't be with us and normally he is with us so can we wish him a happy birthday through a blessing and give all of our listeners a blessing today before we sign off
2: sure jack is is a good man we really um we have the best team in the whole country, right here at Quest Radio, we have the best team of them all. All of you are beautiful, and we thank God for you and for Jack in a special way. Even, even Jack's voice on the air is so soothing. He's like a good papa to all of us. And so, Jack, we want to tell you that we love you, and even more, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph love you. and They chose you from before all time to be his follower, their follower, and to, to help us to be a proclaimer of the gospel. So, Lord, we ask you to bless Brother Jack and all of our team. And we ask you, Lord, that never a day would go by in his life or our lives. We do not, at least at some moment, taste your joy. Because you said that you came, that we might have joy and have it to the full. And today, Lord, we claim for Jack and for all of us, we claim for us the gifts you came to bring. We claim holy joy. In this time of sadness, we profess joy. Lord, may our brother Jack, may our team, may all of our listeners, indeed may all of Atlanta and all of Georgia, all who are listening to us, receive holy joy in our hearts, the certain knowledge that the beautiful God adores us as well. Now I'm going to say a special prayer before I give you the blessing. It's a prayer to St. Joseph that Pope Francis has prayed every day for the last 40 years, a special favorite prayer of Pope Francis. And it goes like this. Glorious Patriarch St. Joseph, whose power makes the impossible possible, come to my aid in these times of anguish and difficulty. Take under your protection the serious and troubling situations I commend to you, that they may have a happy outcome. My beloved Father, all my trust is in you. Let it not be said that I invoke you in vain. And since you do everything with Jesus and Mary, show us that your goodness
1: is as great as your power. Amen. Amen.
2: Amen. The Lord be with you.
1: And with With your your spirit. spirit.
2: May the unutterably beautiful God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless you forever, and bring all of you and your families to eternal life in heaven.
1: Amen. 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 Oh, thank you, Father, and thank, thank to, you too. Yes, and thanks to all of you for listening to your Atlanta Catholic Radio Station, AM eleven sixty, The Quest. Stay tuned as the Divine Mercy Chaplet is coming up next. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time gradually quit going.
4: Went through a divorce and um, ended up being a single parent. And it was an easy excuse. Uh, I took the easy out and just didn't go to
0: Mass. When you come home to the, to the church, you're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you.
2: I have a peace when I walk through the doors of the Catholic Church like that's where I belong.
3: Come and see what good things God is waiting for you at
1: CatholicsComeHome.com
4: Hello, my name is Thomas Gaines from the Georgia Tech Catholic Center. You're listening to Atlanta's Catholic Radio, AM 1160, The Quest. Share the good news and join The Quest at thequestatlanta.com. Embrace your journey.
3: Hello, Atlanta. You are in for a treat. Don't miss our special guest this Wednesday, March 17th at 4 p.m., Tune in that hour of AM 1160 The Quest's Seek His Kingdom Pledge Drive for a discussion of the year of St. Joseph with National Catholic author and speaker, Father Donald Calloway. You won't want to miss it. can take AM 1160 The Quest with you no matter the location. Listen live any time of day, discover community resources, and submit prayer requests at thequestatlanta.com. So, you love listening to The Quest but can't always listen live? No worries. Now with the Quest Atlanta app, you never have to miss out. Listen on demand, submit prayer requests, catch up on the latest headlines, and so much more. Available on the App Store and Google Play today.
2: Do you have a friend or family member who's seeking to grow in their spirituality? Know someone who's fallen away from their faith? Why not invite them to listen to AM 1160 The Quest? We offer a wide variety of the most prominent voices on Catholic radio. There are four great ways to listen to The Quest on your radio at AM 1160, online at thequestatlanta.com, on your smart speaker, and on the Quest Atlanta app. Please invite a friend to listen to AM 1160 The Quest today.
4: This is the home of listener-supported Atlanta Catholic Radio, AM 1160, The Quest, WCFO, East Point, Atlanta.